everyone. I'd like to invite you to listen to a new podcast called Artrageous. It's a podcast about the truly outrageous stories of the art and design world. I'm your host, Carrie, and each week we'll cover stories that are just plain crazy. Join me every Thursday for a new episode with stories from art theft, fraud, crime, and mysteries to designer drama, fun conversation tidbits, and discussions about current events. Find Artrageous wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until then, stay Artrageous. Stove Leg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 122nd episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn, coming to you live from my man cave in Millsboro, Delaware. This week, we have Tyler Parsons, General Manager for the Lansing Lugnuts, High A affiliate of the Oakland Athletics. If you like this episode, make sure to go back and listen to the older ones. There's something back there for everyone. Uh, so many different positions in minor league baseball front offices with awesome, incredible stories and experiences. So go check out the older episodes there. Um, easiest way to get a shout out, drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. But if you're listening on other platforms, drop a rating there as well. I know uh, you know Apple Podcasts isn't the only one out there. Make sure to go follow the designated Twitter account if you haven't done so already. Uh, The designated Twitter account for the podcast is Pulling Tarp Pod. That's where you can find all up-to-date news about the show, and that's how you can reach out about becoming a guest as well. And then if you really want to, you can follow me personally on Twitter at It's R.A. Coon. That's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N. There is Pulling Tarp podcast merchandise you can now get pulling tarp podcast stickers coffee mugs and wall art you can find that on the uh, link tree in our twitter bio or you can go to tpublic.com that's t-e-e-p-u-b-l-i-c.com i apologize that there hasn't been an episode every week um that's probably not going to go away um, due to my extremely busy schedule uh, with a pregnant wife and a full-time job and um, getting stuff ready for the baby and and all kinds of stuff. But I do anticipate putting out new episodes. They are still going to come out on Thursdays, just may not be every week at the moment. So I apologize there. With all of that being said, let's get into it with Tyler Parsons. I'd like to invite you to listen to a new podcast called Artrageous. It's a podcast about the truly outrageous stories of the art and design world. I'm your host, Carrie, and each week we'll cover stories that are just plain crazy. Join me every Thursday for a new episode with stories from art theft, fraud, crime, and mysteries to designer drama, fun conversation tidbits, and discussions about current events. Find Artrageous wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until then, stay Artrageous.
Tyler, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. Super grateful to have you on. How's the offseason going so far? You know, it's been it's been good. It's been a little a little more bittersweet, I think, just yeah. because we absolutely came through two crazy years with COVID seven impacting and the first probably true off season we've had and uh, had a ton of fall events. We we really just wrapped up our stadium events this past Friday. We hosted Michigan State versus Michigan rugby, which okay. I think we're the only minor league team to host a rugby match at their field, but that was kind of our uh, end cap to the major stadium events. So it's it's good, and, and now we're on to 2023, and time flies. We'll be here before we know it. Okay, okay. That's that's actually really cool. You guys might be the only team that I know of that's had a rugby game at, on, at their stadium, so that's, that's pretty sick, actually. You, you, learn, you learn a lot about a whole new sport, and uh, yeah, like our, our social media team had some fun with our staff trying to kick some rugby balls through the post and have some fun with it, so I, I didn't do too well, as I think our social media team had some fun with. That's pretty cool. I was recruited to be on the club rugby team at Slippery Rock, and oh, okay. because so I was a high school soccer player, but I'm stockier than most soccer players i would say i'm i'm short and stocky and so so they they recruited me and so i went to one practice and i was learning how to play the game and they i don't i don't know the terminology but they pitched it back to somebody and i was and i was blocking and i heard this kid's leg snap and it was it was probably the the third or fourth play that I, you know, ever played and I finished the practice and I never went back because I, because they, they had to call the ambulance and get them, you know, taken care of, get get them to the hospital. And yeah, it was not pretty. So, um, never played rugby again after that. Yeah. That's, it's it's a, it's a pretty brutal sport. So, I mean, it's it's actually a full contact sport in the end Every year we've hosted this event, we get a refresher on just how physical it can be. And, you know, we host two. There's Michigan State versus Michigan, and it's a club sport, so they're not even on scholarship, like you were saying. It's like club sport, yeah. so, like, you get hurt, like, that's that's your own dime, right? Right, right. Um, so you said, like, you guys are approaching the end of the um, off-season events, I guess. So... What else did you guys have this this off season at Jackson Field, and are you hosting anything more during the off season? So we we wrapped up our season with the Lug Nuts on September 11th. We went right into we had a, a celebrity softball game, we had a bourbon festival, we had a fall beer festival, and we had a, a golf weekend of our Grand River Country Club, where we kind of turned the the ballpark into a nine hole kind of top golf course where we yeah. You know, targets you shoot out in the fields. We did that for a whole weekend. So, okay. um, credit to our staff for, for obviously just jumping in and going right through. I mean, I don't think we've had a, a full off weekend really since this weekend right now that we haven't had an event of some sort. So, then from us, really, because our ballpark was built kind of the late 90s, it wasn't built to host a lot of ton of, you know, outdoor events in the Midwest during the wintertime. Right. So it's starting to get winterized right now. And in the main parts of it, but we'll still have our, our banquet hall and kind of our out, outfield bar that we host, you know, B&I meetings and wedding rehearsals and holiday parties and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's one thing I don't miss about the Midwest is the the winters for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, 
first time I moved back to Michigan, I was kind of kind of forgot just how how gloomy it was sometimes and how cold it gets. And uh, right, yeah. But I'll tell you what, groundskeepers love it. So yeah. I don't have to go year round as much. I mean, our, our groundskeeper does a, a heck of a job and puts a lot of hours in, but. When you got six inches of snow on the field, it's certainly tough to work on the field. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm going to skip ahead a, a question um, because I, because I think we can pick her up on the mic. Um, you're you're a girl dad. Uh, you, you are the first guest to to bring their child onto the the podcast. <laughs> Um, but as I was saying before we started recording, I'm probably going to have to do it at some point. Um, yeah. My my first child, a, a little girl, um, she's going to be here before I know it at the end of February. So um, I got to ask you, what what is some girl dad advice that you can give me? Oh, man. I, I don't know, Bobby, if I'm the one to, to give any <laughs> advice as far as a girl dad. I mean, this is my, my daughter. She's been my everything since she was born. She's you know, just over a year old now, and uh, you know they're they get in everything. They they they're constantly need attention and all that stuff. But it's the most enjoyable experience to let her have. And um, yeah, she's she's trying to wear a book right now. You know, but it's, <laughs> um, it's just a lot of fun, and, and you know, it's it's one of those things I think that we take for granted in this industry sometimes is we work a lot of hours and especially during the summer times it can just be a massive drive but we get a really cool opportunity to have our kids grow up around a baseball stadium and really take in some of those experiences she's already you know ran on the field and ran around the bases and done all that stuff so there's just there's certain things that you know we get to take advantage of while we're in this industry and expose our kids to and you know it's not normal obviously but they think it's normal and then you grow up and and they're you know all grown up there i guess and you know it doesn't seem as normal anymore but they are a handful so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so how are you able to juggle you know being you know kind of a fresh new dad this past season and working a ton of hours at the ballpark um cuz cuz i know that was one of the reasons that i got out because i knew that I was going to start a family at some point. And um, not only did the hours not match up with, with that future, but the the pay did not add up to that either. So yeah. um, how did you, how did you juggle all of that with being a new parent? You know, it, it was, it was balancing act. I mean, my honest answer is going to be the one that, that most people probably have. I've got an amazing wife who yeah. made a lot of sacrifices, especially early on. You know, when you have a child that's born in, in the middle of summer, you know, yeah. it's like, Hey, you know, you can't you can't just take off three, four months. I mean, I, I wish we could, and I hope we get to a place in the industry where we're allowed to do that. And right. um, but it just wasn't something that was in the cards at that time. So she took the brunt of it and really, you know, allowed me to continue pursuing my career while we had a family and got it started. And and then yeah, I think it's just it's one thing we've been able to do with the lug nuts is just be really flexible with people and know that um, that's even before I had kids, but. You know, we want to be flexible so people don't have to, to make a choice, um, as you were kind of saying, where you can right. still raise a family and, you know, take some games off and take some time off and go home early and, you know, make sure you're not missing those moments with your kids, so. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Um, so. It, 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 it is tough, I mean, I think the art industry, it's, just, it's sports in general, I think, Yeah. That's always that challenge is with having kids and then also the hours and making sure you're not letting your teammates down you know absolutely absolutely um so when i was in the midwest league with beloit 
we were the Oakland A's affiliate. So, yeah, so uh, what's it like being affiliated with Oakland now compared to being with the Blue Jays in years past? You know, I tell people that every every major league club's a little bit different in just mm-hmm. how they operate and how they how they handle things. And, and you know, we were with the Blue Jays for, for a long time here in Lansing. And, um, you know, when all the dominoes fell and kind of the reshuffling happened with minor league baseball through major league baseball, it was just, you know, the cards we got left with here. And um, Oakland's been a great partner. Um, yeah. You know, they kind of came on board. And it was, uh, it was a weird first years because it was a COVID year. You right. don't have a lot of these in-person meetings and stuff, like it's a lot of Zoom stuff. You're kind of like, we, we joked around with them and it kind of felt like online dating for a little while because like everything was done over, you know, messages or Zoom or digital or phone calls. So, um, but it was great. I mean, they came on board. They were super happy to, to stay in the league and, and, you know, geographically made sense for them because they had yeah. already been in the league. And, um, you know, before they first came in too, they were, they were a World Series contender that first year. And, just had a lot of fun, a lot of talent that they're very grateful to be in Lansing. And then our running joke, obviously, is that every seat in our entire wall is all green in the stadium, so it's yeah. probably lined up with our affiliate. But I would say, like, the craziest thing when you have a change like that is just, you know, affiliation change. You find all these fans that, you know, come out of the woodworks. And I was really surprised to see all these Oakland A's fans yeah. in the Midwest and Michigan that came out. and like, man, this is so cool. You just... You just don't ever expect that, you know? Yeah, yeah. So when I was in Beloit, like, you ne- you never expect to see Oakland A's fans in Beloit that, like, live there. Um, you know, they cut, they pass through, you know, as they're driving through the Midwest or what have you. Um, but there was the general manager of the, the Qdoba in Beloit, like... I would, he was he was making my burrito one day and he just has a huge Oakland A's tattoo on his forearm and I was like are you, are you from Oakland? He's like he's like no, I'm I'm from here. I'm just a huge Oakland A's fan and he's like I'm super excited that you guys are affiliated with Oakland and and all this stuff and I think he ended up giving I gave the um clubhouse manager his card and I think he ended up hooking the team up with some with some catering but uh yeah, it's something you don't expect to see for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's the fun perks you have with some of that stuff. You just never know. I mean, we actually have, you know, because obviously when the affiliation switch changed, you know, they just, they just you know, took a truck with all the stuff from Beloit to Lansing. So we've got, we've got some old Beloit relics that came with on the trip there to over here to Lansing that are still down in our locker room somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Are they, do they still make, like, a ton of roster changes, like, more than most affiliates? Yeah, we had we had quite a few roster changes in that. And I'll get some of that too happened with you know, through just through COVID stuff. Yeah, you got guys constantly going on that and so this will be kind of the first really true full season we have with, with not kind of what we don't have to deal with, you know, multiple guys getting COVID and kind of those delays and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. There's a guy that you know, came up through Beloit who who was signed by Oakland as an international, you know, uh, free agent and if the Phillies can pull this out, he's going to get a World Series, uh, which you could have asked me any guy on the team to get a World Series. He would have been the last one. Um, so, y- Yairo Munoz. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, he he did a lot of growing up, it looks like. So, good for him. Good for it's him. amazing with that. I mean, that's what, you know, like t- tonight, I think, is, you know, former Lansing Lugnut was Noah Syndergaard. We had oh, yeah. Um, 
just kind of crazy full circle with everything so okay that's cool um so you've moved around quite a bit um just like a lot of people that work in um the minor league baseball industry and you even consider yourself a semi-pro u-haul driver in your twitter bio um so that's awesome what has made lansing the place to stay uh, i mean for for me i, I, I grew up around his okay. my, my hometown team so i i grew up in in Dansville, michigan so about 20 minutes south of lansing um, now ironically this is the one place i told people i never would come back to okay. um, but it's just amazing how how it works and you know, I was down in Johnson City, and I got a call, and they said, "Hey, do you want to? You know, should come up to Lansing and, and you know take a look at our GM role?" And I was just kind of like, "No, I have no interest in coming back to the Midwest." Or a lot of the things we, we just talked about. Yeah. And, you know, came back up, visited, and everything just kind of hit, and the dots connected, and you just kind of realized what a what a cool and special opportunity it is to come back and you know take over the organization that you grew up being a fan of, and it was my first ever minor league baseball game, and you know, to impact your, your hometown and your home community. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Um, when I first got into minor league baseball, my first position was a full time, I guess, marketing and promotions intern for my hometown team. So that, that's what was really cool. And I could see firsthand how we affected the community and in my hometown and all of that stuff. So that's what made me want to pursue it as a career. Um, so, so yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. we tell people all the time, when you, when you put these hours in, you truly have to believe what you're doing in the community yeah. is making a difference. And I think obviously when, when you're in the community that you grew up in, it just amplifies that even more. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, there, we have had a few, lug nuts front office members on this podcast um i've known jesse goldberg strassler for for years now um i don't get to you know listen to him or or see him as often obviously um but but yeah he i always used to enjoy when he came to beloit because not a lot of people enjoyed coming to beloit at that time so and he always did it with a smile on his face and it always seemed like it was during, um, is it the Sabbath or um, like where the, where where the uh, Jewish people can't eat? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, so um, it was always during that. So I I always felt so bad that he couldn't eat like you know normal food that we had at the concession stand at that time. But um, was it, was it, was it Passover? Passover, Passover. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. yeah. yeah. So, sorry for my for my ignorance there on that. Oh, you're <laughs> Jesse, Jesse would, would be the first one to correct me on that one. So yeah. I, I'm trying to remember. So. Yeah, yeah. So I always felt bad about that, but he always did it with a smile on his face, and, and he was just happy to be there. Um, so And then I've had Greg Kiger on the show as well. Okay. So um, he, he was a great guest. Um, do you have any funny stories from from working with those guys? Oh, of course, right? I mean, so so Jesse, um, obviously just an amazing human being, and I think one of the ambassadors of minor league baseball. We we call him the, the mayor of the Lansing Lugnuts. I mean, no one yeah. knows more about the Lugnuts, our history, about baseball. I mean, yeah. the guy literally wrote a book called The Baseball Thesaurus. Yeah. So whenever I get media questions about baseball stuff, I always direct them toward Jesse. I'm like, this guy knows everything there is about baseball. He mm-hmm. wrote you know a book on it. So, you know, 
I would tell people one of the one of the most special moments in my entire career was, you know, I'm sitting in my office this past year, and you know, Jesse, you know, comes up to my door and comes in, and he goes, "Hey, can I talk to you for a second? And I'm like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to Boston. I'm going yeah. to, I'm going to go call That's a major so league awesome. game. I'm going to go to the show." And he, he was just so overcome with emotion that I think he was almost frozen just how to how to you know properly communicate this and translate this to like hey and I'm like you're going to the show he's like yeah yeah I'm going to the show and he just he just didn't know how to like he was just so excited and you know this is a moment that had been long overdue for him and and you know I ran up and gave him a big hug and you know picked him up and we're just like you know so excited but he was just he was just so frozen in that moment that he just didn't know how to respond or react to it because he's been waiting so long for, for this to happen. And, it, you know, for him to get a call up to go call, you know, a major league series and it's at Fenway of all places. Yeah. What a cool, special place. And, you know, to go there and make his debut. I mean, we, we were all glued to our, you know, our computers listening to the stream and, you know, just taking that all in. And, and what a special moment for Jesse. And, you know, just, just one of those cool moments that you always hope for that, you know, no one was more deserving than, than that person for that opportunity. And, and I hope it just keeps growing and growing. He has more of those opportunities. And, you know, someday it's one of those ones where we're going to lose him with the lug nuts and, and it'll be one of the happiest and saddest days of my entire life. Right. Yeah. He's, he's such a good broadcaster. And, and I mean, I've been around a lot of broadcasters and, um, Bill Chaya, who is a former broadcaster and he worked with me in Beloit and, uh, he knew Jesse from, from their indie ball days um, and he's, he told me like my first year in Beloit, when I met Jesse, he said, he said, that guy's going to call major league games someday. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then like, as I, cause I was in the press box, I was the PA announcer for every, every snappers home game. And I would listen to him call the game and he has the perfect balance of, it could be the like you could it could be your first time listening to a baseball game or you could listen every single night and like it's just the perfect broadcast like like he explains it like just whether like again like if you're a brand new baseball fan and you're a child or if you know you're the biggest Lansing Lugnuts or Oakland A's fan ever and you listen to every single game like he he describes the game so well and knows all of his facts and has great stories. It's he, like it's just the perfect balance of a great broadcaster. Yeah, and you make a great point there, Bobby. I think that's one thing that gets overlooked with Jesse sometimes, and all the amazing things he does is, you know, how much he gives back to the broadcast community mm-hmm. and, and you know the times that he'll pick up the phone for somebody who calls and just wants some advice or yeah. the younger generation or he's. He's always taking time out of his day and, you know, giving advice and giving feedback and helping out and, you know, vice versa and everything. And that, that said a lot. I mean, he, I, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've had other broadcasters, other people in media relations come up to me and be like, Hey, your broadcaster's awesome. I, I called yeah. him with some questions or did that, or he went out of his way and did that for me. And it's just, it's a testament to, to who he is. He's, he's a great communicator. He's a great broadcaster. He's yeah. a great ambassador for the game and he's an even better person. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what yeah, what about Greg? Greg? Yeah, Greg Tiger. Um, actually, so him and I go way back. So we worked at Central Michigan together. I was a ticket sales wow. coordinator, and Greg was the assistant AD for facilities. Um, 
when we were there. And I remember always being terrified of Greg because you don't want to go into a facility without him knowing and, you know, cross over the red pass. It's because he was, he was this big burly guy around there. And, you know, we ended up becoming good friends. And then when the opportunity came, he wanted to get back into baseball because he had, he had started his career with the balloons. We, we brought him to Lansing and yeah. he started in February of 2020. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, know, gosh. Greg, I think you had mentioned that to you on the, on the podcast. Yeah. You know, Greg started, we bring him on board, we're super excited, and then obviously a, you know, a global pandemic hits, and it just completely, you know, shakes up everything we do in the sports world, and, you know, a lot of things, a lot of dominoes fall, and we're trying to figure things out, but, you know, Greg ended up becoming really one of the, the keystone pieces for us, and then really the pseudo-commissioner of what we call the Lemonade League, which was... You know, a self-contained yeah. summer collegiate league we, we put on in 2020 with, you know, just using some of the jerseys and identities we had in the Lungness disposal and played 21 games and could only have 100 people in the stands, but we had just an amazing time and, you know, made up some rules. We played with yellow baseballs, like, okay. you know, we just had, had an absolute blast kind of, you know, taking all the things we loved about baseball and, you know, throwing in some crazy rule changes and that kind of stuff and uh, just made the, you know, made lemonade on lemons, right? That we were yeah. Felt. And, Heck um, yeah. Greg was a, the pseudo commissioner for that. And we have a yellow baseball bat with his name on it in the office that he has. And it'll be one of those relics we have there forever. But um, something really, really cool. And whenever I see a yellow baseball or a yellow baseball bat, I always think of lemonade. That's, that's so cool. Um, so I got to ask you, so out of your travels and your, in your baseball career, What's been the weirdest thing that has come up in a game that you've had to help with or assist with? Oh, man. I mean, that is, that is a really good one. So, mm, so I feel like I've, I've, nothing ever happens over time. It always always happens on the same exact night. So I think probably yeah. the, the weirdest thing I've ever had happen in, in a baseball game, per se, was um, – I was in summer collegiate baseball, actually, and uh, I was a GM for the Martinsville Mustangs down the Coastal Plain League, okay. and we had to start a game an hour and a half late um, because the visiting team took the wrong directions and went to the wrong Martinsville, oh, um, my God. and they, could, they didn't catch it until they were on, on the way there, so we're like getting some phone calls. We're kind of like, man, this, where's this bus at? Like, yeah. it, should be, it should be here by now, um, so... We were an hour and a half late on that one. And I say, you know, another one that's actually bus-related is when I was in Johnson City. We went to, to Greenville, Tennessee. Uh, so it's only probably a 45-minute trip, you know, nothing too crazy. But I guess our team must have been taking too long or something happened. But something set off the bus driver. And, you know, some of the guys were on the bus, and he just lost it. And he grabbed the keys, got in a shouting match, walked off the bus, just launched the keys out into, like, the, the woods somewhere and wow. just left and just walked off and just left the team there. And wow, this this whole thing went viral and, you know, the players were all voting on who they were going to eat first if the survival situation and <laughs> all of this crazy stuff is we're trying to work through and try to get another driver out there. And it's just one of those moments you just can't make up sometimes. And obviously we ended up getting the team home and we were, like, delayed, like, a couple hours or so. But it's just like, hey, you never know what can happen in minor league baseball. Wow. Yeah, I haven't I haven't heard of those ones before. That's pretty <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um so this is the Pulling Tarp podcast. So do you yeah. have any wild or crazy tarp stories? Of course. Um 
man, the, the craziest one we ever had was, was in Johnson city when I was there and we, you know, we were a rookie ball team. So, um, as you know, I obviously working at Beloit, like we just didn't have a, a very big front office staff. Right. So it's kind of all hands on deck and, you know, we got hit with just a, a massive pop-up thunderstorm that came in. I remember, you know, we got this tarp out there and it was one of those ones where once you get it on there, you're kind of like, I don't think this thing's staying on there. And <laughs> it didn't like it started peeling off. You got people going out there trying to grab a hole and they're getting flung around and it ended up almost blowing the entire tarp out of the stadium. Um, the only reason wow. it didn't actually go out over the right field fence was because there were some sandbags that got like tangled up in like the uh, the dugout there and kind of create like an anchor for it. But okay. I've got pictures of this somewhere, but it was just it turned into just a giant roll mess that uh, of course we didn't save the game and, and you know, getting the tarp back on un- untangled was just like a, a half a day experience all in itself. But I've I've never seen a tarp just go, you know, like that where it's just blowing up the air and it's just I mean, it, it would have blown out of the stadium and it was just yeah. crazy to, to see that. So oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, those are those tarp pulls are the one thing. Like, you know, when my time comes to get out of my like baseball, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever truly miss tarp pulls. You know, I know. Uh, the first game I ever went like back to like the okay. the Shorebirds game because uh, I worked for the Delmarva Shorebirds and I still live near their stadium, and okay. I I went to the game and on opening night and it because it was my birthday, and I went. And they, you know, it was, I think it was the third inning and they pulled the tarp out and I'm sitting there with a, with a cheeseburger and a beer. And I was like, part of me feels like I should help, but also not anymore. I, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't say I miss it, but every if I'm in at a game in person, I kind of get the itch a little bit. (laughs) I think this is that that natural mentality to want to get out there and help, you know, because yeah. you, you know what a storm blizzard be sometimes. And it's, oh, yeah. It's one of those things. I don't, I don't think people really truly know what it's like to, uh, to do it until you get out there. I, I will say, you know, one of the other probably cool stories that you just don't hear about very often, and you'll, you'll appreciate this being a former minor league guys, you know, our first tarp pull we had in, in uh, Lansing this year, um, our manager, Phil Pohl, um, who's now with Clemson right now, the Clemson Tigers. Oh, yeah. Phil Pohl's your manager. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So Phil oh. Pohl. So he was out in the dugout just doing something, and he ran out there and helped us. Okay. So the first time in my entire career I've ever seen a minor league manager run out there and help with our pool, and it was just, you know, you could just tell our staff was just kind of like, holy cow, like, this guy really got out here and did this with us. And um, that'll be a moment I always remember just as far as, you know, people putting us either – egos and responsibility of the ultimate teamwork aspect of it but uh, can't say enough good things about phil pool and we're wishing yeah. him the best we'll certainly miss him in lansing yeah um where's he where's he gonna be at next year he's at, he's at clemson now so he's oh. yep okay uh, okay so former beloit yeah. snapper phil pool former beloit snapper and former yeah just a uh, bullpen catcher and yeah minor league player extraordinaire yeah i'll i'll never forget he, first of all, he was the nicest guy in the clubhouse. Yeah. Um, always was willing to help out with media relations stuff and community relations. And um, just and I in the year I think he was with us for part of two years, but the year that he was there the most, he went up and down the affiliates. He went all the way from from Vermont to Sacramento to 
you know, every, you know, low A, you know, short season to triple A, like everywhere. And um, but he was he was just the nicest guy, and his first career home run was a grand slam. Um, and I, I believe it was, I believe it was close to a walk-off. I think it was in the eighth inning. So, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty sick. Small, small world, but some Phil Pohl stories, you know? Yeah, yeah. I love Phil Pohl, man. At True Crime Cast, we cover the big names and cases that everybody wants to hear, but we specialize in the small town unknown cases you've never heard of. If you're listening to True Crime Cast, you'll hear us give the details of each case and our analysis of whether or not justice is served. Find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Y'all should go ahead and subscribe and join in on the conversation. I'm Jamie. And I'm John. This is True Crime Cast. Um, so we do have one listener question and it's from Tim Lillis at, at the Lillis on, um, Twitter. And he's a former minor league guy as well. He's been a guest on this show. Uh, he asked, what's the worst slash best slash dumbest thing someone has said or asked about the apartments in the outfield? Oh, um, I think the, the the craziest question we get asked all the time is if, if like they're if they're in play, um, which okay. technically they, they could be I guess. Um, but someone hits one off the apartment system, it's a home run, obviously. Right. Um, you know they're they were kind of the first residential you know stadium kind of that private public kind of combination there where you had residential apartments and we the way ours are set up. If anyone's ever really curious is that we we own the entire first floor except for you know, one little part and then everything basically second floor and up is, is owned by a residential, you know, apartment company that, that is done, um, you know, kind of on the private side. And, you know, some of our players have stayed there over the years. Um, you cool. know, you see people out there on the balconies, obviously having a great time during games and whatnot. Cool. So, um, we do get asked a lot too if any windows have been cracked or broken and things like that. And that's like obviously, you know, one, that, that's a heck of a shot to hit one up off those. And two, they're they're shatterproof. Yeah, um, we thought up until this past year where we did have someone actually hit one off the VP and did actually shatter one of the windows. Okay, so, um, that actually can happen. I think it was just the right place and the right time, right. and over everything happened. So, <clears throat> but um, random fact about those apartments: that's actually where Vladimir Guerrero Jr. stayed when he was oh, here. Oh, okay. So, <clears throat> yeah, I imagine he had a little bit more money to spend than most of the other guys. So yeah, uh, yeah. And we get we get asked all the time if you know. I mean, if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me if I lived there, and it's like they're awesome. It'd be a great place to live. But if you if you work in baseball, the last place you want to live is right on top of the stadium that you work in all day. Absolutely, <clears throat> for sure. Um, what's the best concessions item at Jackson Field? So we have a pulled pork parfait. I think is our our best item. So it's mashed potatoes, gravy, obviously pulled pork. 
um, and topped off with like uh, some sweet potato uh, candied nuts there like that. Um, super, super tasty and good. It's been a staple. We've had it in Lansing for, for a number of years. We didn't have it this, this past year until the very end, but we're bringing it back obviously for 2023. And, you know, it's kind of staggered and stacked in weather like a, like a parfait. That sounds yeah. pretty good. What's more, what's more Midwestern than gravy and meat and potatoes, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, where can the listeners find you on social media, Tyler? So you can find me, um, obviously, on Twitter at Tyler underscore C Parsons. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me on, on Facebook as well. The only one I don't have is, is uh, Instagram. Yeah, um, I tried looking for it. I'm, I'm not on the Instagram. I, I just never got onto that one for whatever reason. I do have the Lugnuts account on my phone so I can yeah. um, you know, help out and ship in when I need to and if I need to post any content or something like that. But um, for me, Twitter Twitter's probably my, my primary and then obviously you know, LinkedIn and Facebook. Okay, very cool. Uh, what has been the best walk-up or warm-up song you've heard in your baseball career, and whose was it? So, I can't remember the name of the player, but it was when I was in Forest City, Fort North Carolina, had the Hulk Hogan theme song. And okay. every time he would walk out there, I mean, it was almost like he, he just tried to put out a show every time. And it was it was amazing. He'd get out there and do the with-the-ear thing and, and cool. just had an absolute blast with it. Um that's the that's the best one I've ever heard, and just just one of those ones that just made you laugh every time every time you heard it. All right, all right, <clears throat> very awesome, very awesome. Thanks again for coming on, Tyler. Really appreciate you. You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Hello, everyone. I'd like to invite you to listen to a new podcast called Artrageous. It's a podcast about the truly outrageous stories of the art and design world. I'm your host, Carrie, and each week we'll cover stories that are just plain crazy. Join me every Thursday for a new episode with stories from art theft, fraud, crime, and mysteries to designer drama, fun conversation tidbits, and discussions about current events. Find Artrageous wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until then, stay Artrageous. At True Crime Cast, we cover the big names and cases that everybody wants to hear, but we specialize in the small town unknown cases you've never heard of. If you're listening to True Crime Cast, you'll hear us give the details of each case and our analysis of whether or not justice is served. Find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Y'all should go ahead and subscribe and join in on the conversation. I'm Jamie. And I'm John. This is True Crime Cast.